You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into another edition of our Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm happy to be joined by my counterpart, the editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. He is my partner on a national podcast, the SB Nation NFL show, Monday Football Monday, so we know each other well. But this is probably, for Chiefs fans, one of the first times for RJ to get acquainted. So, RJ, what is your initial message to Chiefs fans? Oh, man. Um, I don't really care about the barbecue debate. Like, it's okay. all good. Like, like we can, we can doesn't eat matter. all of it. Yeah, like, we can all eat all of it, and, and it'd be fine. We don't have to, you know, have these hard takes about it. Also, um, a word of advice. I, I did tell you this personally, Pete. Um, go slow on your entrance to Whataburger. I'm, I'm you know. I'm happy right. you're you're getting to experience what we we've loved forever uh, throughout the Republic, uh, but don't don't jump in on the deep end. Avoid not avoid the specialty burgers and specialty meals, but start with the original and then get the double meat. You know, experience the chicken tenders. Like you know, go with embrace the, basic. the whole menu is what you're. Yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. And then you can graduate to the specialty items. Uh, if you need some advice, I'm on Twitter at RGOcho. I can walk you through it in my <laughs> sleep. Uh, there's a different way to order if you're if you're out. You know, we'll just say out past 2 a.m. style right um, animal style see like this is you know it's disrespectful pete you get a brand new water burger i'm will, willing to walk you through it um and uh but hey you know whatever How, however you want to fly you, you missed your five guys shout out to chiefs la uh who, lo- who will recommend the in and out animal style but no as rj mentioned pope patrick mahomes has brought a water burger to kansas city the first one was open the cars were lined up down to the highway so kansas city is very excited about that you come in peace with the barbecue thing that's the right move you're killing it right now the cowboys of course come in to arrowhead stadium on sunday rj you were going to come to this game we were supposed to break bread again like we did at super bowl 54 in miami it's not going to happen but i know you'll be watching this game from afar let's start here because i know chiefs fans are interested in this the past two weeks the cowboys laid a stinker against who is the hated Denver Broncos here in KC. And then they came out and embarrassed the Atlanta Falcons, who are set to play in a couple hours here as we record on Thursday afternoon. So, RJ, to quote the, the great Marshall Mathers, will the real Cowboys please stand up? Which, which one is which? Who are the Cowboys? So I was really bummed that the Cowboys lost to the Broncos because the last time that Dallas defeated Denver was in 1995. Um, that was also the last year that the Atlanta Braves, speaking of the ATL, won the World Series. And mm-hmm. that was the last time that the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. So I had a fire tweet already, um, right. you know, had the Cowboys been able to, to win. And, you know, we said in our postgame show, I did at least over at Blogging the Boys, after Dallas was humiliated by Denver, I said, they're going to come out this week and they're going to say, you know, this was a speed bump. 
you know, this isn't who we are, et cetera, et cetera. And to their credit, they actually, I think, went a little bit further than that. You know, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, they all kind of said, you know what, we were we were starting to buy into ourselves a little bit. We needed this. You know, we needed to be humbled. But even then, it was still a matter of, okay, you know, we'll take all of this, but it's going to be meaningless unless you go out and you throttle the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Yeah. And so – they did, and they did so obviously in extremely convincing fashion. Uh, Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys under him, have generally, when they've won a coin toss, as a small microscopic example, have chosen to defer. In this game, Cowboys win the coin toss, and they want the ball. They want to send a message. They just want to, you know, the Atlanta Falcons were just in their way, and um, and they ended them. And so, I I really, you know, the Cowboys have done a lot of things this year that I've never seen before. Um, they, they've been a very different team in that sense or in those particular senses. And so I have never seen them, you know, it, it, it wasn't a, a game or a contest uh, against Atlanta for Dallas. It was a decision. And I've never seen them just completely, totally, unequivocally make a decision like that and just steal the life out of another team like they did with the Falcons. Yeah, uh, that it was a, a great game to come off of as you're playing what is the back-to-back AFC champions and one that apparently we think maybe figured things out against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's seeming that way. The defense has put a couple of good games together. That's exactly what the Chiefs needed to do to really prepare themselves for what is going to be this offense versus offense game. And I want to get into that fact, the fact that this could be a complete shootout. But first, I got to ask you about the play of Trayvon Diggs because we have not seen a player and a start like this in a very long time. Reminds me of a lot of a young Marcus Peters in Kansas City, just an absolute nose for the ball. Did you see this coming? Could you have seen this coming? What do you make of Diggs in the season that he's put together? You know, Trayvon last year um, actually led the Cowboys in interceptions with three, and all three of them came against the Philadelphia Eagles, incidentally. And so this year, you know, he had the first interception, obviously, against Tampa, but that was off of a tip ball off Leonard Fournette. And so, you know, the Cowboys lost that game, and afterwards I see, you know, you can't count on that every week, and you can't count on on tip balls and stuff. It's a, it's a little bit luckier, a little bit of a flukier thing than, than anything else, and and Trayvon since then has obviously put together this resume that is really impressive, eight interceptions and counting. And so, I mean, he's he's kind of this all or nothing guy, you know, that that's who he is. He's either, you know, having this insane interception to steal the game back for the Cowboys on the road in New England off of Mac Jones, or he's getting burned by Tim Patrick and the Denver Broncos. And so um, – but but that's that's kind of what the Cowboys are asking him to do is just be aggressive, make make plays on the ball. He's a former wide receiver, in case anybody's unaware. Everybody obviously knows uh, about his brother in that department. But that it you know there hasn't been that kind of guy before. This this just kind of switch that can flip. Um, you know we're we're deep enough into this now that we're starting to see you know some quarterbacks avoid him a little bit. The quarterback to actually break the turnover streak uh, that he had was ironically enough Kirk Cousins, and so. You know, it, it's it's hard to explain, but he um, I don't want to say you, it is all or nothing. I mean, he's a fine player. He, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans wanted him to be the pick in, in, with the first rounder last year before CeeDee Lamb fell. And then they said, OK, fine, you know, we'll move on only for him to fall there in the second. And so he has been um, a breath of fresh air isn't the right way to put it. He's been like, you know, when you're parched and you just you, you drink almost too much cold water and it kind of like the iciness, like burns Brain your throat. Freeze. Yeah, yeah, that's he's that's kind of what he's been. Um, but but you're just kind of leaning into it at this point. Number seven, certainly someone to watch on Sunday. RJ referring to the brother, which is Stefan Diggs, of the Buffalo Bills, who the Chiefs have grown to know well over the past few years. But to put you on the spot here, so Patrick Mahomes comes into this game with ten interceptions, which already 
is the second most amount of interceptions he's had in one season. Does it happen? Diggs intercepting Mahomes at Arrowhead. Put you on the spot. What do you think? I don't think it does with Diggs. Okay. I, I I think that the Pat not Pat Patrick, excuse me. There you um, go. Is uh is is too you know he's too good for that. And I know he's obviously had his struggles. I think the only way it does, and again this has happened, is you know you get some sort of tip ball, some sort of you know weird fluky thing. Maybe maybe it's a a, a pass Mahomes is throwing away that Trayvon's you know able to kind of intercept off the out of bounds, keeping his feet in bounds type thing. Um, you know I I think the Cowboys are likely to have a couple of turnovers in the, turnovers in this game just based off of who they've been and who Kansas City has been in, you know so far this season uh but but I don't think that Trayvon's going to be that guy just because an elite quarterback will avoid him and that's obviously what Mahomes is you're doing everything right you complimented the barbecue you said we can eat it all I mean, you gave a nice shout out to Randy I was voted most courteous my senior year in high school I don't know if I've ever shared that with you so yeah. well there you go Ms. Randy I'm sure of course appreciates uh, your sentiment as well so good job by you all right, let's get into what is going to be the key part of this game, and it's offense versus offense. I want to talk about the Cowboys' offense for a second. I'm going to bring up the Denver game again in a second, but what has made them just be this explosive team this year? I would say other than Dak getting reacquainted, um, I guess I, I should say, with the offense after the injury, what, ha- what has led to just them being so good, so efficient? You know, Kellen Moore um... – in the first month of the season was kind of asked about the offense's disposition, how they approach things, what their overall game plan is from kind of a 30,000 foot perspective. And he said, we want to aggressively attack what the defense gives us. And I think that, you know, what's important there is obviously the Cowboys are, are not going in you know, what the Cowboys of old have done. And I think a lot of people have kind of seen this is, is they wanted to run the ball. They want to dominate time of possession. They want to win that way. And if they can't, then, then things generally haven't worked out for them. And this Cowboys team is capable of doing anything. If they want to run the ball. They can't, they can run that with, you know, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. If Dak Prescott has to throw the ball 45 times, obviously he can do that. They have a lot of elite wide receivers, but the, the key word and, and what I think we've seen, you know, really play itself out for the Cowboys has been that, that word aggressive. I mean, they are they they want to bury teams. They want to they want to build a wall that you cannot climb over. Uh, and we see that play itself out, how aggressive they are on third down, how aggressive they are on fourth down. They're one of the most aggressive teams in the NFL when it comes to fourth down. Mike McCarthy among the, the league leading coaches when it comes to downs, he should go for it. And we've seen that not really change or turn over, you know, based on results. You mentioned the Denver game. Cowboys went for two fourth downs, fourth and shorts early in that game, didn't get them and still didn't really change any part of their identity. We saw last week against the Falcons, Cowboys block a punt to go up 34 to three right before the half, uh, kick the extra point. But on the attempt, Atlanta has 12 men on the field. Mike McCarthy says, take the point off the board. Book says, go for two. We're going to do it. They are going to be aggressive and, and, you know, steer into the skid, so to speak, with their elite offense, every opportunity that they get. And I think that when you combine that with the talent that Dak Prescott has and the talent of his wide receivers, the offensive line has been more stable. Tyron Smith has played more obviously yeah. than last season. Um, it's just created an interesting eye of the storm that they're living at the center of. According to you, we, we do think he is going to play in this game as well, because I, I know that there's been a question as to whether or not Smith goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned it. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, he's missed the last two games. And this has kind of been who Tyron's been for the last about five years now you can kind of tell early on Wednesday the Cowboys are you know not really showing their cards but he's not practicing and so it's really obvious when he's not going to play and really obvious when he's he's going to give it a go and it does seem like this is one of those weeks with 
you know, he might be able to play, which is really good news. The Cowboys are a much better, much different team when he's in the fold. Of course, left tackle for those Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I wanted to ask you again about the Denver game because, and I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but this seems to be the only real blemish on what has been a solid year. The other one being opening night, which I know in Kansas City, we love to watch our sports even when the Chiefs aren't playing. So I know a lot of people were watching that game and the Cowboys could have easily won that game as well. So Denver really is to me the only blemish on what has been a really good season for Dallas. Why did the offense fail that day? Was it just this weird day where they laid an egg or were there some real signs of, okay, this offense can be stopped? You know, um, I, I think, you know, it was Dak Prescott's first game in a long time. I, I don't know how, how well aware everyone is of that. Everybody saw, you know, at least saw highlights of the Cowboys winning in New England. They wanted a walk-off touchdown uh, from Dak to CeeDee Lamb. And it was actually that play that Dak Prescott injured his calf. Cowboys were on by the following week and then went to Minnesota the week after that. And that was when they rested Dak and played Cooper Rush uh, before the Denver game. So it had been a long time since Dak had played. Call it rust, if you will. He he didn't play well. It was one of the worst games of his career, uh, truth be told. A lot of big drops. I mean, Tony Pollard dropped an easy third down conversion. CeeDee Lamb dropped an easy third down conversion. Amari Cooper dropped an easy third down conversion. That's three right there. Um, they, I, I mentioned it. They went for it twice early in the game. In fact, their first two possessions on fourth and short, and they didn't get those. Sometimes sometimes you get them. Sometimes you split them. Sometimes you don't get them. Um, so it was just kind of this, you know, and I, I don't want to take away credit from the Broncos. They won, and, and I don't want to act like it was just the Cowboys, you know, spitting up on themselves. But it was kind of a career worst day for a lot of notable and significantly contributing Cowboys. And so it was just this, this nasty goop that they just couldn't get out of. And so um, sometimes that happens. And I think beyond that, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, Pete, on the national show, the Cowboys have done, they, they've won a lot of games that I've never seen them win before. And, and one of them was on the road in Minnesota when they rested Dak Prescott, they started Cooper rush. Holy crap. We did it. We, you know, <laughs> we, we beat this Vikings team. And so, I do think that they kind of bought into themselves a little bit. They kind of thought, you know, we're impervious. We can't be caught. We can we can rest Dak Prescott and we can win. And so when when you factor in, you know, that complacency, if you want to call it that, with the career, you know, bad days from so many important Cowboys, it just, you know, and 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 you factor in the fact that Denver played a really good game. It was just a rough afternoon. You're trying to make those Super Bowl connections, RJ. The Chiefs in their Super Bowl season most recently, Matt Moore with the win over Kirk Cousins. So keep that in mind as you go here. This game, we had mentioned the offense. That's what's going to be a key. I think the offenses on both sides have uh, a chance to go into the 30s, if not the 40s. I've told you that. Do you see that? Do you see this as a potential 2018 Monday night football slugfest between the Chiefs and L.A. Rams? Is this going to be that game of the year type of shootout style Sunday? So I say this with all due respect, um, and actually more to you than anybody else, Pete. Because uh, for anyone unaware, I've, I've had a lot of fun with Pete this year um, on our national show at at the Chiefs' expense. And look, I mean, it's. And I think you know, and, and I know you know this, Pete. It got boring, you know. Give me something new. Th- throw, give yeah. us a, a new bad guy on, on the show. You know what I mean? Give us something different to be entertained by. And so. Uh, right. But we're past that now. I'm I'm ready for the intensity of the Chiefs. I'm ready for the 60-yard Tyreek <laughs> touchdowns. 
Um, and so I, I have all the confidence in the world that, that Dallas can, can certainly score, not at will, but score enough to win. My, my question truly lies on the Kansas City side, and I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. You know, wondering whether last week was who they were. Was it just the Raiders, you know, obviously struggling? I think, yeah, no, I think that's fair. There, there is, and I'll, I'll let you let you finish here, but there is a one-hit wonder. I think uh, saying that it, the Chiefs could have been one-hit wonder against the Raiders is a, is a fair take, which is where you're going, I, I would assume. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of my primary point of um, I, I guess where I stand here, and and by no means do I think this is going to be an easy win for the Cowboys. You know, I, I think it's it's intense, and I think that you know Mike McCarthy has, you know, I've told you this before. Um, that's why I was so excited for this game for us to do all these you know conversations and videos and projects together. But the the hallmark quality of Jason Garrett's Cowboys was that they never quit on him and that was something that you know we we all said till we were blue in the face silver and blue in the face if you want to be topical and where Mike McCarthy is a little bit different is that they completely believe in him they and you know everybody saw the monkey butt thing this past week everybody remembers the watermelon smashing last year everybody saw the mojo moments on on hard knocks they buy into it like you you and I might think it's cheesy or hokey or lame or whatever but he he has them buying into something. Um, and so that makes them really dangerous. And he is allowing people, whether it be his, his assistants or his staffers or whatever, to excel where the, you know, in the areas that they can excel to allow Kellen Moore to be aggressive, to allow Dan Quinn to be aggressive, to allow Trayvon Diggs to be aggressive. And, and that's kind of his thing. He wants to live and die by that. And so um, I think that that's a philosophy that generally lends to scoring a lot of points. And, and that's who he's been, obviously, for, for most of his career. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see if Kansas City can, can go shot for shot with them, which is a weird sentence that I never thought I'd be saying, um, you know, back in August. All right, RJ, I'm going to put you on the spot in a second here for a game prediction. Last question before I get to that. Name on offense, name on defense. We know about Amari Cooper. We know about C.D. Lamb. We know about Prescott. Someone else. We talked about Diggs. Just someone else that maybe Chiefs fans, offensively and defensively, should be keeping an eye on this Sunday. Um, offense or defense first? I'll let you pick. Offense. We're we're going offense all day. Come on. <laughs> you know everybody knows about the Cowboys wide receivers, as you mentioned, and Dak and Zeke, and even Tony Pollard's a pretty vogue name. Um, I know certainly among the the elite fantasy football players like my friend Pete Sweeney, um, right. Dalton Schultz is is maybe <clears throat> the the least T-E. talked about. Yeah, um, he's you know, and I think you know we, a lot of people have this conversation about when to be if you're a star tight end in the NFL, you're one of like three dudes. You're either Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Or Darren Waller. And if you're not one of those three dudes, like nobody knows who you are. That's that's kind of, you know, it's this real hit or miss thing. And, and Dalton has, you know, at times this season, depending on how much stock you put into this, uh, you know, had among the highest PFF grades, uh, you know, throughout all tight ends. I mean, he has become, you know, the Cowboys actually drafted him the weekend after Jason Witten announced his initial retirement. Um, and obviously Jason Witten returned out of the booth on Monday Night Football. He was on the call for that great Chiefs-Rams game that you mentioned. Who could ever forget Samson Ebuk? come uh but you know Blake Jarwin was supposed to be the Cowboys top tight end entering last season when Witten defected towards the Raiders and got hurt in week one and Dalton Schultz had to come in without Dak Prescott and really kind of cemented himself as the top tight end on the team he is an incredible red zone threat for Dak Prescott Dak loves him and so I could totally see you know we've seen this a lot other teams selling out to stop Amari to stop CeeDee Lamb Michael Gallup's back this is his third game uh but stop MG and Dalton Schultz kind of being the benefit of all of that action so uh definitely somebody that is a, a nice sort of you know gotta chain look, mover always got to look for 
the jersey swap potentially with the up and coming tight ends in Kansas City, of course. That's true. You know, and he's classic tight end number eighty six. I could definitely see him, uh, we'll you know, see. swapping swapping with TK on defense. You know, and and that's maybe the the biggest point of concern for Cowboys fans. Demarcus Lawrence hasn't played since the season opener. He's their best player on defense. You know, even factoring in what Trayvon Diggs has done, we haven't even mentioned Micah Parsons. Um, right. And Randy Gregory is you know out for the second straight game. Uh, has a calf strain himself, so he's um, he's on injured reserve. He has to be out at least through Thanksgiving for the injured reserve rules. But Dorrance Armstrong is somebody who flashed in the preseason for the Cowboys, and a lot of people thought maybe he could be something. You know, you know how that preseason hype can tend to go. Um, got an opportunity last week with Randy Gregory out and had an incredible game for the Cowboys. Had a sack on Matt Ryan. He actually was the the player who blocked the punt that Dallas had that I mentioned a little while ago, and so. He's going to have to have a big game if the Cowboys, you know, obviously where Mahomes has struggled the most this season has been under duress. If Dorrance Armstrong can get there, can create some sort of frustration for him. I think we could see one of those tip ball interceptions, poor throws, throws on the run, whatever. Uh, but that's, you know, if if we're not going chalk with Micah Parsons, that was an easy piece of low hanging fruit for me. I'd say watch out for Dorrance Armstrong. Okay, so Armstrong, someone to watch. Parsons is another good point. If you're not familiar with the Cowboys, correct me if I'm wrong, RJ, but for the Cowboys this year, he's been this linebacker, defensive end, hybrid, super game record type of player. Number 11, the Chiefs are really going to have to keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, actually, I mentioned Demarcus Lawrence getting hurt. Uh, that was after week one. And in week two, the Cowboys went to L.A. to play the Chargers. And that week, Randy Gregory was placed on the COVID list. And so uh, they've played without Randy and Demarcus prior to last week against Atlanta. But in that game, Mike, a second game in the NFL, played defensive end and was incredible. And it was so, awesome. Uh, he was amazing. And, you know, it's um, it's 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 a little bit tied to Denver. The Broncos took Patrick Sertan one pick ahead of the Cowboys and kind of left them stuck. They traded back with the Philadelphia Eagles at 12, uh, who took Devontae Smith. Dallas took Micah Parsons. And, you know, everybody had this big issue with taking a linebacker with a top 12 pick. There's, you know, some fundamental arguments to be had there. But everybody said, if you're going to do this, you know, He's, he's got to be this baller. He's got to be this dude you just exhaust. You just use him all over the field. And that's what he's been. I mean, he didn't have a, you know, he had a great sack on Matt Ryan last week, right before the block punt. But he's he's just been this dude who has raised the floor. I mean, he is he is a different, he's a different animal. He's a different breed. Um, he's somebody who who can do it all. And and that's been a lot of fun to watch. And, and he's somebody who gives the Cowboys defense a chance, even when they're missing all these star players. I think he's the key to it all. I mean, I really do. From I, I don't watch them as closely as you do, but I just think he has changed the, the Cowboys defense completely. And so that's why a uh, big reason why I think that they are Super Bowl contenders. It should be a great game. Let's finish here. How does this game go, RJ? I know you've been trying to be nice the whole time. Time to grit your teeth. I, you know, the Cowboys, um, they play some really dramatic games the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Obviously, Dallas plays on on Thanksgiving every year, and. More often than not, this is generally, you know, over the last 10, 11 years, like seven out of the last 11 years, it's a three-point win for them. Uh, three-point <laughs> game, generally. And so I do think that this is the game of the year. And I, I, I know you think that, too. Um, again, I say this with all due respect. I think Patrick Mahomes is out of the MVP running. Um, sure. And I think part of that is is because he's won it before and, and, and you know, they generally try to give it a You've new won people. it before. You got to dominate the whole year. Right, exactly. Part. And so this is going to be one of the most watched games, uh, uh, you know, 
across the season, when we look back, and this was something I told you on Monday, um, you know, when the when the NFL media account tweets out the like most viewed games of 2021, <laughs> this one's going to be right at the top. And I think this, you know, if Dak Prescott has a great game, I think this goes a long way in his potential MVP candidacy. And so, I I think the Cowboys win. I I think it's. I think it's a win, though, that, you know, when you're writing that postgame recap, when Chiefs fans are lamenting it at the Thanksgiving table next week, they're saying if that one play, you know, I, I think it's one of those you don't have to move the goalposts very much uh, to kind of shift this. And and I really hope we get that. I hope we get a thrilling, epic sort of game. Uh, I was talking to Steven about this earlier this week. I mean, I just I we deserve this. We've had such a weird year. I, I want something to go predictably right. Uh, in the NFL, and so I'll take the Cowboys something like 37-34. Um, but but I I think I think it's also a moral loss, moral win, whatever you want to call that for the Chiefs. Saying we went toe to toe with this team, we you know we won three out of four entering the bye. We'll come back. Andy Reid will work his magic, and we're still going to win the AFC West because the Chargers are frauds. <laughs> it seemed that way. And one final point I do want to say just about this game of the year, game of the week type of thing. This slate NFL-wise, you really look at the entire slate. Maybe you can make a case for Steelers and Chargers who are going to be missing defensive pieces. There isn't a game, really, if you're just a general NFL fan, other than your own team's game, to really look forward to this weekend. This is the game that I think everyone will have their eyes on, um, and that includes Steelers and Chargers on, on what will be Sunday Night Football. So it should be fun. RJ Cho, you can catch his stuff at bloggingtheboys.com. You can catch me and Tim breaking down the NFL in its entirety every Monday morning on Twitter and Facebook. We're live. I believe it's also on YouTube. And then you can catch us on the SB Nation NFL Show channel. RJ Cho, thank you for joining us right here on the Arrowhead Pride interview series. Let's go sporting, KC. <laughs> All right.